Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, we're having a little bit of difficulty here uh, connecting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on a song until I solve the uh, connectivity problems. I apologize to all who are uh, tuning in uh, today. Uh, let me pay here. Um, evolve. I love that song. Okay, so I'll play that until we fix our problem. from time to time. Uh, we're back not only with Nick Curto, but also with uh, Phoenix, the Techno Druid. Uh, so welcome, uh, Phoenix, and welcome back, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Greetings and salutations. And, and to you as well. Uh, we had started off with uh, Nick uh, 
telling us uh, again the history of the Disclosure Network New York, which has been around for 18 years now. Uh, and then uh, we're going to go to Project Preceptor and uh, how and why you started that. And then I'll, I'll, I will talk about what I'm doing here in Jersey. Uh, and uh, um, we will move our, our mutual journey f- forward uh, a few inches and uh, go on from there. Okay, very good. Um, you had asked me about the uh, – oh, no, it's still doing it. It's still doing it? Uh, has anybody got the radio show playing in the background? Has anybody done what? Has any either of you two got the radio show playing in the background? No, I don't. Nick, do you have any okay. background? The computer on? Okay. Well, let me see. Uh, right now? I'm not hearing the two-second delay, which was horrible. I'm not hearing that. So so far, okay, it's a good time. Okay, so onwards. <laughs> okay, well, so the uh, Rancho, uh, I'm sorry, the um, Disclosure Network New York uh, was started, uh, b- believe it or not, 18 years ago. And to me, it doesn't seem possibly that long because it's been such an amazing journey with so many uh, wonderful people coming aboard. But uh, originally it started because I heard that Dr. Stephen Greer was going to uh, travel from Virginia to New York City, and he was going to do his first uh, major talk here in, in the Big Apple. And, and so when that happened, I thought, I've got to do anything I can. Oh, boy. It, I, I hate to say this, Hercules, but it's, it's an awful bad delay. Does anybody have the computer on in the background? Because sometimes it's feedback from the uh, the show on the computer, right? like uh, Phoenix had said. I, I don't. I don't. Okay. Okay, so that's that's. So you're, you're getting probably... a two-second delay. Um, could it be a setting on the phone? Because that's happened to me not uh, here on the radio, but it's happened when I've been talking to people. Sometimes the feedback is like a delay, and it echoes, and I can't even hear myself think. Uh, as I'm trying to talk, as I'm listening to myself talking, uh, you know, from what I said seconds ago, and it's hard to carry a conversation. Is that what you're getting? Um, it's an awful two-second delay. It's it's never been worse. Um, Phoenix, do you know how to fix that on the phone? If there's a delay like that. Um, best bet it would be. Um, Best bet would be have us both call back in to try it a second time. Well, we tried that already. I'm hearing Phoenix with a a a two-second delay on Phoenix also. Okay, I'm not hearing a delay on either of you. Are you guys hearing delays with each other as you're speaking? Because here on the board, it's not showing any feedback problems. Yeah, we got – I'm picking up three-second echo. Okay, yeah, and it's still going on. Okay. Um, I'm going to try calling uh, Nick again. You're also experiencing this, Phoenix? Um, yes. Okay, so both of you try calling in again. Let me actually okay. let me try calling you, but let me try calling you one at a time. Let's see if we can fix this. I'll okay, Phoenix okay. hang okay. up, will. and I will and I will try you first. Let's see what happens. The feedback well, message I'm getting me, from uh, here. 
Hercules, give, give me two minutes. I have to turn off my phone and get it back up, so give me two minutes. Okay. Okay. Okay, and now can you hear me? Is there feedback when I'm speaking or when you're speaking? Um. Okay, so not when you're speaking, but, yeah, it's picking up when I'm speaking. When you're speaking, Okay. Hang up and let me try calling you. To, I'll try calling you first, okay? If if you okay. don't get it to ring, just call back in again because uh, um, today it's experiencing problems connecting. When I invite guests uh, uh, through the phone line, uh, it says that they're, they're not answering their phone. So uh, I doubt if that's the case. So let me try calling you, okay? So hang up. Okay. 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 And I will put the song back on and...
let's try this again. Try number three. I, I rebooted the entire system again, so uh, hopefully this time we won't have a problem. Uh, and I'm, I pulled in with my phone as well rather than dealing with it through the computer. Um, how are things now? Uh, you're, you're, uh, you're in the sounding perfect. I'm not hearing anything off of mine. Okay, okay so, uh, let me see. Uh, it's clear. Are you it's hearing clear. There's, there's no okay, fantastic. There's no two-second delay. Fantastic. So, <laughs> it Beautiful seems problem like problem. The, the, the shadow government is trying to prevent us from uh, having a show here. Uh, okay, Nick, so 18 years ago, uh, following uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, and uh, you launched the uh, Disclosure Network in New York after one of his uh, uh, talks that you attended. Where you helped right, out. My background, my background from the Massachusetts College of Art and Design in Boston, Mass. I, I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts and communications, which means I'm a designer as well as a writer. Uh, I can write mm-hmm. a fairly decent copy, and my design work is in graphics. So I wanted to do anything I could to uh, make a, a larger audience for Dr. Greer. So I contacted uh, the office, and they said that there were some volunteers here in New York City that were working for just that reason. So I contacted them, joined them, and we – uh, together made plans to uh, announce uh, Dr. Greer's talk. And when it came the day of, we filled a huge auditorium on Fifth Avenue, uh, about 100th Street. And uh, it was uh, exciting to see such a large turnout. Dr. Greer came on stage and was absolutely dynamic. Uh, he was to the point, highly focused. The audience was listening to every word. He got a patient when he when he left the stage and then all the volunteers uh, were saying goodbye and that it was a good job and then uh, myself and a couple of other the women that were the volunteers said why are we saying goodbye what we should be saying is now that dr greer is leaving to go back home in virginia what are we doing here in new york city so we decided uh-huh. to form a committee and that committee led to uh, a uh, a title of Disclosure Network New York, and that's exactly how it started. Um, especially uh, Mary Jo Fahey, who's a dear, dear friend to this day. Uh, she's moved now. She's away from New York City and has been for a long time, but we still communicate, and she still gives us wonderful information from from where she is now. So, so anyhow, uh, right now it's um, it's falling on to me. And I've been the director and the co-founder of Disclosure Network for 18 years. That is extremely awesome. It's a wonderful organization. I've been to several meetings, one of them quite uh, recently. Uh, and it's full of people who are very enthusiastic, who are very devoted to uh, uncovering uh, secrets and enlightening people about what's uh, really going on. Uh, and uh, everybody was very close and everybody uh, – um, was very active, so I was very impressed, and I'm very honored to be working with you guys. Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, the the makeup of the group, and it has been, it's it's so many diverse background people. We have people from various walks of life, from uh, people in their teens uh, to in their 70s. We have uh, an amazing group of people, uh, men and women, gay, straight, bisexual, and transgendered. We have a complete range of people who really want to focus on finding out the truth. 
mm-hmm. not, not the matrix, not what we're told is real, but what is really real. And so they are hard focused on that. And this is a dedicated, I'm, I'm so honored to be part of, of the group because we've got incredible researchers who come in with their findings and they present them at the meetings, as you know. And then what happens is that we now, we now have a recording system so that I do an interview for the meetings so that people can get the background of the person speaking, and then they'll do their talk, and then that's put on our website. Uh, the website is uh, www.dnny.info, and uh, there's a, a, a very large number of programs that have been audio recorded that now can be heard anywhere in the world by going to the website. We also have been that is awesome. It's incredible, and thank you to Jim. Jim is our tech guy. He's also an extraordinary researcher and a very dear friend, and he's been now posting them also on YouTube. So now we've got an audience on YouTube as well as our website, and it's just been an amazingly wonderful experience. Yes, I know. In the in the short time that I've been uh, uh, connected with you guys, uh, I, I've watched you grow exponentially, and it's been a great thing. And we, we've gotten people such as Dr. Greer. I interviewed him recently, a few months ago. That's that's now posted on the website and on YouTube. Uh, we uh, Dr. Greer was amazing. He gave us ninety minutes uh, from, wow. from his um, his home in um, uh, Virginia. We have a major George Filer, and this gentleman, just hats off to him. He's been a ufologist for many, many years and with, with incredible reports worldwide. And he has a website called The Filer Files. And if the listeners haven't heard or seen that yet, by all means, uh, the, the Filer Files, you can look that up, and it's extraordinary. He posts that every few weeks with photographs of UFOs and related material, and it's extraordinary. And and George is an amazing guy. He gave us a wonderful interview, and I'm going to also interview him in the new year, somewhere in the spring. Uh, And there's been a lot of other people, too. I won't get into now. But anyhow, those are two people uh, that have been uh, so helpful to us and doing wonderful interviews live. That is fantastic, and it's fantastic that you're setting up the systems uh, to share the information that you've been gathering, both in terms of uh, uh, your own researchers and the meetings and also the people that you've been uh, interviewing. That is uh, incredibly awesome. Uh, And uh, you have bold visions uh, for the future, and uh, they're unfolding step by step. So uh, that's incredible, too. Uh, one more thing about the future is that we've just begun. We started this to be the first meeting of uh, 2019, uh, asking the members to research a particular issue that they feel very strongly about and to write a paper about it, a paper being maybe two or three paragraphs and doing a, a three-minute vi- video uh, presenting that paper, and we're going to post that on the website as well as YouTube. It's a brand new project, and we're very, very That's excited great. about that. And we've got some, again, some amazing people that are now working on their paper. And it's not even limited to one paper. As many subjects as they want to research and, and uh, give their report, 
they're welcome to do that. And I know there's some amazing reports that are going to come in the next month. So this is very exciting. It's a whole new chapter for our group. Yes, it is, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. Um, Phoenix, you were inspired uh, by Stephen Greer also and also by Nick, and you started Project Preceptor out in uh, Utah. Would you care to tell us about Project Preceptor? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, and I, 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 can, I can say that it would be actually the case even before, I mean, even when I knew Nick, only as Disclosure New York. Yeah, yeah, and oh my goodness. Well, um, I would say I would say the uh, the the I guess crowning move, you know, the cornerstone that started it all for Perceptor would have been. Um, and yeah, I, I I was actually out there, and I just talked to you. Um, I was telling you about strange, you know, strange movements of stars that shouldn't have been the case on that walk around Nyack. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, it was, it was around Nyack. And, and I got home, and just, like, right before I'd gotten, like, days before I'd gotten on the plane, I'd actually sat down and watched Cirrus, Cirrus Disclosure. Okay. Um, some of those Some of those documents for Majestic 12, when mm-hmm. they when they came up in what was it like 2002 I want to say is when they really started I guess hitting and nothing's really wide open publication you know you you can't go down to your you can't go down unfortunately you can't go down to Rita's library or any other library for that matter and get everything that you would need that we would need to fully fully operate you know on Greer's level and it, that just ain't gonna right. happen. Um. So, so and I, I got back here, and um, we went up into the mountains for an evening, and uh, I tried the meditation out here, and you know, it just like it had brought me peace on this on the shores of that lake, and you know, like I said, satellites satellites don't make right angle turns. Just no way. Neither do planes. Not that we know of. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. And I hear, I hear from like now two friends that are in, that live in New York State that uh, sightings and stuff out near Indian Point get just crazy. Crazy. Um, you know, it's like if you supposedly if you go out there and you set up camping and you're all alone, you're not having a big, you know, or or you are having a big, you can make a CE five event out of it but yeah you know it's like it's like the mountain it's like um the alpine loop area around here if you don't see something it's because you're not trying <laughs> so okay. yeah and okay so you know going on with Greer's standpoint now hercules will know hercules will know that um this is also about 2015 is the time when i picked up and started really getting into the makerspace movement or now it's known, now as it's known the Internet of Things, um, okay. and just simple things we could do. You know, it's like the controller. Well, uh, the Perceptor homepage now has 15 greenhouse controllers that would be all easily constructible out there. Or you know, or I could you know, or I could do the uh, I could do the Home Depot work out here and send it out there. And you know, here's with the printed set of instructions. 
here's here's something you can scale to and okay, so another I should I should stop getting ahead of myself. Another major part of Greer's work is that uh-huh. um we we cannot go on with what we're doing to this planet. Um and you know certain aspects of that like the 150 degree summers in uh the the figuring we're going to have by 2050 uh some of that we uh, it's fait accompli at this point but um there are, there are parts that we can change um and where perceptor is very similar to a lot of the other disclosure groups that I've seen when I when I really seriously started modeling it about two years ago, mm-hmm. it, it, you know we we go out and we do the meditations, you know. So far it's been a lot of just me, um, you know. We go out, we do the meditations, but there is the resource of everything that can be provided by the makerspace movement that creation salvation are in the hands of the end user at this point. And so um, one been, thing... You've been using ahead. existing technologies and emerging technologies uh, to uh, try to apply them to the problems that are um, that we're facing that are creating uh, a future that is not very uh, friendly toward human beings. And uh, uh, we have to make changes in how we do things, and you're proposing that we make those changes uh, through the technology that, that we've been developing. That, yes, yes, yes. And I think it was, I want to say it was Anne Rand that said, uh, or no, it wasn't Anne Rand. It was very far from Ayn Rand. Anyways, don't never underestimate the um, capability of a small group of people to make change on a universal level. In fact, for in fact, it's the only thing that really ever has. Right. So you okay. know, the, yeah. Yeah. So you know, definitely, definitely. Um, whereas the maker, the makers, the makerspace component. You know, it is it is truly in the hands of the end user. So what Sorry, we, I, I, we need to do in Utah, because you mentioned that right now it's, a lot of the times it's just you. Um, Nick, We have Nick on the phone who's grown a movement in 18 years uh, that has uh, you know, a lot of uh, people involved in. So um, Nick is the mentor in this uh, conversation um, because you've successfully done this for nearly two decades. Is what would you suggest to Phoenix in terms of uh, getting people, you know, to become part of what he's doing? Well, to begin with, you have to uh, find any and all means possible to alert the community that you are starting a very exciting project. And there's many ways to do that that are free as well as it can cost. Uh, The the free ways are occasionally a a community newspaper. If you write an article and talk to the editor, they'll put it on. A community newspaper is one good way. Um, If there's uh, libraries and also uh, supermarkets or places where they have bulletin boards, we've even put posters up in, in um, laundry, laundromats that have yes. bulletin boards. 
And all those things are grassroots ways of getting the word across. Another thing is if there's any, anyone in the, in the area that either does a podcast or radio program or a television program, and that could be local, they might very well let you on the program to talk about what you're doing. So another great way, and it's free, um, the thing to do would be to write up a, a paragraph of, of briefly stating with a high focus of what you're doing and what's the first date and where, it, and where it's going to be. And it could be, uh, if you're going to start off, if you don't have a meeting place right off the bat, that's a search, and that could be a library. It could be a community, um, a, a community building of some sort. And also, don't forget that your your the government representatives of your of your county contact them and tell them that they you need help. They may have uh, facilities, uh, a boardroom or uh, a room that's free in a building that they work that they might suggest that you could have your meetings there, and that would be terrific. That's another way, getting the word out and getting a place to have it. Uh, the first meeting might be, um, like I said, a library room or something like that. Um, people have done uh, meetings in restaurants, but there are other people in the restaurant, and you have to keep your voices down. So unless you can find a, a restaurant that has a private room, that would work. We've done things like that. and we, There was a Chinese restaurant. We uh, had a small private room. They charged us no fee. We just had to order a meal, which was a lunch. Things like that can work. So any and all of that, getting the word out and getting a place to, to have your meetings, uh, all of that, and I would say try all of that because you're going to come up with some things that they'll, you're going to get some yeses, and that, and that will help you do it. And also, once you have your first meeting, word of mouth, word of mouth, usually if someone's going to come to a meeting, they've got friends. Yeah. I, I don't know what the interference is here, but awful. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I'm anyway, hearing a lot of interference uh, also. Um, I'm oh, going to try to see uh, if it's on anybody's line in particular. So while you're talking, Nick, let me silence uh, Phoenix's line and see if it's there. And then when he's talking, I'll silence your line and see if it's here, okay? Okay. okay. We had uh, people bringing their, bringing their son, a father bringing their son, a mother bringing their daughter, and we've had young children. I got phone calls saying, I have an eight and a nine-year-old. Are they welcome? Well, the answer is yes. Why not give them the opportunity to hear and see what's going on? Because the young people might be very interested in what's going on. And I, like I said, I'm proud to say that we've had, we do have teenagers as well as people in their 70s coming to these meetings. And I think that creates an amazing energy uh, and, and com, uh, camaraderie. Uh, we all have various viewpoints, and bringing those and sharing them is very powerful. And a lot of these people oh, now yes, are friends, and they're friends, and they, they go to each other's homes or they go to movies together, or they all have uh, – in fact, what happened – this is wonderful – Someone called me up from my neighborhood. I live in Manhattan on the Upper East Side, not too far from the uh, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. And 
one of the people in my neighborhood who goes to the meeting said, Nick, what if we did a mini ditty? And I said, what? And they said, well, DNNY is the name of the group, Disclosure Network New York, and the letters are <clears throat> DNNY. So a mini ditty would be a small meeting at the coffee shop. So you love, I love that. The moment they said that, I said, yeah, absolutely. I totally support it. And we've had a series of those. And, and you get maybe three, four people coming. Maybe the most we've had is six. A little meeting where we just simply talk about whatever we want to talk about, including what happened at the last meeting. And I, that's another wonderful way to share information and also get to know a little more intimately the people that are coming to the big meetings. And that, that's been a really wonderful uh, addition to the big meetings we have, which are two a month. So that's pretty aggressive. Two a month is so – that's, that's a It lot. is, yeah. And so, so in your mini dinnies, how often do you have those? Yeah, a mini ditty. I just when I heard that, I went, "Oh my God, that's great!" Now we do announce that at the big meetings that if anybody is in the area or can be in the area when we do them, they're more than welcome to come. And we've had calls saying, "Nick, can I bring a friend?" And the answer of always is yes, of yes. course. So again, now how is the sound quality, Nick? Uh, has the sound quality been better? It is now. Okay, let me introduce Mike's line back into the conversation, and let's see what happens. Okay, sure. Sure, sure. Okay. Okay, Phoenix, you're back on. Okay, so, yeah, I'm trying to see where the where the problem is, because it's not here on the dashboard, because um, I rebooted the whole thing, so it must be on one of the lines. So uh, now I'm going to stop uh, talking and let you guys talk, and I'm going to put myself on uh, on quiet, and let's see what happens uh, to the conversation also, okay? But uh, you heard everything that uh, Nick was saying, right? Yes, yes. And I'm and, sure you have oh questions. So why don't you guys talk, and I'll be sitting here listening and playing with the sound. Good plan. Cool, cool. Good plan. Okay, Phoenix. So, so tell me now. Just tell sure. me the stage you're in. Are you in the beginning stages of forming a group? Um, the invitation. The invitation is very, very widely out there now. As far as grassroots, getting it out to people. Um, I have, although there are a lot of the same people. I have a group. Uh, you know, my my average is at at work, and uh, it's both. It, I've been able to. Uh, at my nine to five, well, eleven to seven job, I've been able to be very liberal with getting the word out there that yes, there there are these kind of groups and events, and yes, uh, you know, here here is the orum, you know, here is my contribution in orum here. And now, as far as grassroots, other grassroots stuff, and it's kind of amazing because everything is everything you were saying was just hitting almost like deja vu. Okay, so um, now I don't know how much, if at all, you guys have messed with a program called Open Broadcast Software, but I've not only been broadcasting game video gameplay, which, okay, that, you know, that might, be, that might be a pretty decent income stream on my off time, uh, you know, since I'm doing it anyways. So, mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, from there, from there, um, okay, so I've been, I've been studying up a lot on how to do these Facebook lives, 
because Facebook is pretty much virgin territory for video games. And I don't see, I don't see a lot of really good, I mean, I'm, I, it's like, uh, it's like CE5 Tasmania. Uh, there's one or two good artists in that group. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking any, I'm not, I'm not talking bad or anything about them at all. But um, at the same time, uh, the ability to mass produce on a graphical level using programs like 3D, 3D Studio Max is in short supply. And luckily, luckily there's uh, Autodesk education, but and you know that's that's one thing that as uh, now as I put this together, what is your thoughts on, um, like what do I do I want to put this together like a business, or uh, you know do I want to like form an LLC, do a partnership, any of that? What are we talking about? Are we talking about the disclosure network, or are we talking about like something else? We're, we're, we're talking. Else we're talking. We're talking about the underlying. Oh, okay. Okay. Now the underlying organization. I've got digital fronts out there, and I'm pioneering ways. Uh, definitely Hercules. We need to have, sit down, and I need to like show you a, like screen share open broadcast software, because oh okay. my goodness. That, that, and I know Nick is interested in uh, broadcasting, getting the uh, the word out. But I think we're straying a bit away from the topic because right now we just need to form these. Uh, um, these uh, organizations and get them rooted. Like, for instance, here in New Jersey, I have uh, seven members so far. Uh, and uh, I will probably have more, but people from things that I've done before are interested in doing this. So mostly people from my uh, um, uh, Center for the Study of Living Myth and Mythic Atlantis, you know, uh, and, I, and I, I just got a few calls. Uh, people drop by the library where I'm, I'm currently not doing things at the library that are metaphysical, um, you know, saying that they, they've been dropping by trying to hear me talk, so I've been uh, telling them about this and they've been interested. But that's kind of like the first step to get uh, a small group together. So I think uh, that uh, for, for today's conversation, uh, it could be, uh, you know, like setting up these groups so we can get them all uh, up and running. And then we can have another conversation about uh, broadcasting and, and spreading the word uh, through uh, telecommunications. That would be a great show. But I think uh, today, if we if we go into those waters, we'll be like straying pretty far. Because today, it's to encourage yeah. other people to do the same and, and to, you know, let, let's get a, a disclosure movement, uh, you know, started. Yeah. yeah um, another another thing is to latch on to groups that are, are somehow are already formed have people attending and could possibly some of those people would be interested in the new group. And that's, that's another way to do it. Uh, for instance, uh, we have the meetings at the uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender center here in New York city. And they have uh-huh. some wonderful rooms and we rent them. Well, that's a whole separate community. So they have a newsletter that goes out to thousands of people that they a printed newsletter as well as a newsletter on the internet monthly. So because we rent the room, they said we could have a small ad uh, in the newspaper, both the, the printed copy that gets mailed out to everybody as well as the um, on the on their website. So that's free. That because we're paying rent for the rooms. So that's a wonderful way to get another 
uh, segment of the community to know about our group. And, yes, we have had people from that community coming in to say uh, UFOs, paranormal research, and the deep state and all that, I'm interested. So, again, uh-huh. there's many, many ways to do this. Also, gentlemen, I want to ask you a question because I don't know the answer. Uh, we're also a member sure. of something called Meetup, the Meetup group. Uh, do you have a meetup in your areas? Yeah, I, I, I used the meetup group for the first uh, year that I was here. Um, but after the first year, it no longer proved uh, a cost-effective uh, tool because uh, after the initial people got gathered, uh, people would join but wouldn't show up to the meetups. So uh, it was, I believe, $80 uh, each time they bill you. And I looked, I charted over the course of uh, a year, and I found that the, the most productive time was in the beginning. So uh, okay. I discontinued it for now. Uh, are you finding that's a, that's a good tool to use continuously? If you're in New York City, the answer is yes, because there are many okay. meetup groups. So in this particular case, and it might be, just because we're in a, a major city and, they, and there's a lot of activity, that may be the reason that for us it's cost-effective. Um, and we okay. get new. We just got three new members, and it was from Meetup. So wow. again, here we go. I know, I will I listen know, to it again. Uh, how about Utah? Is there anything like I'll... Meetup there? Yes, yes. We we actually have several Meetups. Um... There are no UFO meetups, but uh, one thing, well, actually, that, that, hold on. I'm going to pull up the information right here. Uh, there are not many UFO meetups. Are there any that, meetups that have a relationship to paranormal? There are some ghost hunters, um, a lot of Reiki people, a huge bunch of Reiki people, and. We seem to have um, lost uh, Nick. So let me see if I can get it back. Is he still connected to the... No, we seem to have lost him on the board. We'll have to pull back. Um, yeah, he was in mid-sentence and cut off, and I checked the board, and he was no longer there. Sometimes people lean on their phones and hang up. Uh, yeah. Today, I think um, it's okay. the uh, glitchiest day we've had in a long time. That's okay. We can, you know, we move forward and persevere. Yeah. Um, and okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, UFO, extraterrestrial. Let's just do UFO as a general search. Utah. I believe this is going to return around thirty or forty groups with three or four of them active. Um, and most of which are in Salt Lake, which is like uh, a good hour's travel away from me. So, um, that, you know, meet up as a tool, I might be running into the same wall that you are, Hercules, in that it, it I mean, it's, it looks like a great platform, but it's not all that cost effective. Now, as far as traveling to other people's meetups, oh, yeah, you, you, it's a wild party that, you know, starts in one end of the county and ends in the other. Um, and, you so know, there's... there's Nick, well, you Nick might is back. Okay, great. Print up, something. Print up a, uh, a paper, maybe an inch half by 11, and put two, you could cut them in half, and put on there about your, your new group, what the name of it, 
or when you're going to meet or when there's going to be a meeting in a restaurant, whatever that's going to be, and briefly state your purpose, what, what's your topic or what, what's your purpose of the, of the group, and then you can hand them out, print up a lot of them and start handing them out of these various meetings. Uh, that will, that, they, no one will say no to that, and the people who take them might very well come to the, your, one of your meetings, even though you're in one of the other meetup groups. So that's another way to do it. That's a very good idea. Um, I haven't done that in a while. I did that when I first moved to Tenafly, and uh, because I'm in the Chamber of uh, Commerce, uh, I went to businesses and asked if they put uh, um, flyers of uh, our meetings in the window, and I would say like eight out of ten uh, businesses asked, sure, why not? So, so uh, that, you know, going around to merchants and asking if they put it in the window, that's a great idea. Also, Definitely. churches, surprised. I mean, what we're doing here um, is not in any contradiction uh, to any of the churches. So that's another of various religions. Uh, uh, also, uh, yoga centers, people, places, a gym, that's another one. These are all places where people go that are active. And if there's a place in the gym to post something, also, if you're going to be in a restaurant and they, they say they'll give you a private uh, corner or even better, uh, a private room. And you can ask if there's any way that you could publicize that uh, in, in the restaurant. There's times when they might say yes. Because also they're getting business by bringing in right. people, customers to their restaurant. So they, they may have a way of putting something out there, a little sign or, or something that people might see. Uh, again, you got to be very brief and to the point with these with these sort of uh, communications because you know, people need to scan it within three seconds and get what you're doing. So it's it's very important the way you write it, not too long. And to the point. That, that I found to be true. Yeah, people don't like to read too much uh, anymore, so it has to be something they can look at and it'll give them the basic information at a glance, uh, rather exactly. than too much uh, for them to read. Right, and if it's too small a type, that's another one. It's got to be fairly big type, so it kind of jumps out at them. So uh, a now, good title. Now, we're saying about the restaurants, title. we did that here in the restaurants when we first moved to Tenafly, and uh, okay. we found that some restaurants got it and some restaurants didn't get it. Some restaurants got that it brought a lot of people into the restaurant who normally wouldn't come to the restaurant because a lot of them were traveling from out of town. And if they like the food, then they will come. Yeah, you know, they will come back even when they're not coming to the meeting. So some of them exactly. got that that it was a way of getting people in through the door and trying their food. Uh, but then we had a couple of restaurants uh, where um, you know they seemed inconvenienced. Uh, they gave us a back room when I talked to them, and it was no problem. Uh, but then the wait staff was very <laughs> difficult. So uh, wow. you know, the, the meeting was uncomfortable. So we we never had it back there again. Uh, but it, it's uh, something to keep in mind is it might be a process. You know, you might look out with the first restaurant, in which case uh, you have a place to meet, uh, or, you, you know, you might not. And sometimes, too, the food changes or ownership changes. There was one uh, other restaurant where we used to take people, and it was great. We had meetings there. Uh, we used to bring friends from out of town there. You know, it, it was a great thing. And then the, uh, the uh, management changed. 
and all of a sudden the food was not as delicious, the prices were not as reasonable, and the wait staff was not as uh, accommodating. So it, it wasn't, it was no longer a pleasant experience uh, to periodically uh, meet there. So again, we had to change it. So it, it was a process, and uh, until you find a place for a while or for a long time, uh, it, it can be kind of uh, disheartening. But if you don't give up, eventually, you know, you'll have some really great meetings and some really great eateries. Well, here, here's the thing. We've had very good luck with, with uh, coffee shops, coffee shops, uh-huh. very good luck with coffee shops, and also an occasional Chinese restaurant. Those particular two have been very accommodating to us. And um, also, you got to keep in mind that people, most people are on tight budgets these days, so it can't yes. be an expensive restaurant. That's important. You want You want a broad range of people to come. And some of them are going to be watching their pennies and only have enough for maybe a cup of coffee and a donut or something. Others will order a very large meal with dessert. So a right. coffee shop answers that, and there's no minimums. And also ask for separate checks because some people need to catch a bus or a train or something, and other people yeah. can stay for an hour. So asking for separate checks at the very beginning is a very good idea. And some places will not accommodate that, and other places will. So it's a good, it's an important question to ask. Right, and you should ask that before you you schedule a meeting in a restaurant. You have to ask that ahead of time because if they say no, it's too inconvenient for us. We're going to give you one check. That's a restaurant not to go to. Yeah. Now, yeah. One of one of the things that uh, I want to do here with uh, the Disclosure Network in uh, New Jersey uh, is uh, I'm doing a continuation of work that we've done before. Like in Pennsylvania, we had something called the Regional Folklore Society. And the Regional Folklore Society uh, in a library, there it was the Holy Library, uh, had uh, meetings. And sometimes we had a UFO group. It was called the Olympian Starseeds Initiative. Uh, There was more specifically on UFOs. And uh, the library was a place where people who were curious about these things uh, or who had experiences and didn't know, wh- you know with who to share them because if they tried sharing them from family or friends, they often got ridiculed. Uh, so right. it was like a safe space to come in and share stories. And people loved uh, coming in. And occasionally we get the difficult person. We get somebody from a local church uh, who felt that uh, looking into these things was uh, demonic uh, or, you know, someone who, uh, you know, really deeply believed in uh, conspiracy theories and believed that we were CIA plants, you know, and, uh, you know, spreading disinformation in the community. So occasionally, you know, you will get that. Uh, but for the most part, it was a great uh, a group in a wonderful years. We had it uh, one to two times a month at the library. We had the uh, Regional Folklore Society every month and then the uh, Olympian Starseeds Initiative like every other month. Uh, so there were I wish I had uh, been close in. to there because I would have gone to the, that. That sounds wonderful. I would have gone. <laughs> well, I know you would have, <laughs> and it would have been great to have you there. And uh, then in Pennsylvania, when we moved from Pennsylvania to New Jersey, we started the Center for the Study of Living Myth. And the difference was we didn't have as much time to investigate. In Pennsylvania, we investigated cases, uh, cryptic cases, hauntings, UFOs, you name it, whatever came our way. 
um, so there was less investigation with that, and that carried over to when we moved here to uh, northeastern New Jersey. So now I'm going to blend those together and blend it together with the concept of the disclosure network, and uh, we're going to do something, and it's going to be under the umbrella of our Temenos. Um, and we're claiming the territory from New York City to Pennsylvania, um, and uh, we're going to investigate things here, and we want to see how, you know, what's going on here exactly and how does it affect uh, our life. And we're going to look at everything from uh, uh, living folklore to paranormal to UFOs to uh, propaganda. Like uh, after I posted it on Facebook, I got an email from somebody uh, telling me that they can show me uh, how, uh, like, Nazi propaganda has been used in New Jersey politics. And, uh, so that's that, that's an interesting thing to investigate. So I I, I told the person I would uh, I definitely want to explore that with them. And and now that if if it's up and running, and we're going to be doing it at the library again, and uh, um, you know we really have seven people now, but we'll leave it open to new people coming, and then we'll grow the group uh, that way. But um, uh, already people are starting to suggest things, you know, or let me know about things. Uh, uh, one of right, the like let's do, a, uh, let's do a crop circle investigation. Let's have a speaker or let's, let's show a, a video, right. half an hour video, and then let's have a roundtable conversation. And that's a good thing to do because that, only, that will mean that people will be speaking about the subject, questions about that subject, and the subject is the draw of the meeting. Right. And, and, uh, and that's a good way uh, to start it, too. It is a good way. And uh, we're going to start with fluoride and then chemtrails uh, in terms of things to really investigate. And I already started looking into them heavily, uh, thanks to you, Nick. And um, so we're going to start with that. And the fluoride is very disturbing. What fluoride does to your brain and all this other stuff. And uh, even the toothpaste that has fluoride tells you not to swallow it. So it can't, it can't be good for us. Um, and you know, uh, one you know, of the, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I introduced that one of the meetings that had a lot of people, it was literally filled the whole room and uh, happily surprised me was I did a meeting where I researched survival, what it would take mm-hmm. if the grid was down, what, what, how do you store water? How do you have food? Um, what what can you do without heat, or how do you make heat? Um, the things, basic survival. So if you had to, if you had to survive for a month, two months, three months, and the grid was down, what can you do? And so I researched that, uh, bought a few products that I, I needed to, to speak about, and had a whole room full of people. Topic was survival, and. And I, uh, they all said this was very, very helpful. It was th- things that they never knew existed. And uh, I tried to uh, make create a list, and I'd be happy, Hercules, to email you that list of products. That would be awesome, yes. There's and, a lot of and research co- here. Coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, maybe synchronistically, uh, I was researching that today <laughs> on uh, YouTube. It was uh, what different groups are doing, you know, in terms of uh, uh, being off the grid. It's getting increasingly more difficult to live off the, the grid, and uh, um, even with simple things. I remember when I lived in uh, in Queens, 
during my television show. It was never home, so I never had a chance to cook or anything. So I, I was paying, uh, I think, $30 or $35 a month for gas. So I wanted them to shut it off uh, because I, I never, ever used it. You know, I got, I got the food takeout, and uh, I microwaved it, so I didn't really need the, the gas. And they treated me as if I was a criminal. They sent investigators over to see if I was, like, siphoning gas from someplace. And, uh, oh, I my wasn't. God, really? For, year, for <laughs> wow. years, I was never home. So why should I pay for, like, $30 a month or something I wasn't using? Uh, but uh, it's very hard to live off the grid. And uh, uh, they give you a very hard time with it. In some places, it's, it's illegal to live off the grid. So... Uh, um, imagine, and, uh, but you know what? Yeah. That could happen. I hate to, I hate to, um, to say it, but I will say it. That could, that could happen. Uh, if take, take one day and one night and turn off, turn off your electricity, or just don't use your electricity. Okay, just don't use it, and uh, don't use your water because it would t- take a pump to pump the water. So have a bottle of water or something so you can have that, and have food that you don't need to heat up or a way to heat it up, maybe with charcoal briquettes or whatever, and, and just try it for 24 hours. And I'll tell you, right. it's, it's such an education when you have to think, how am I going to have light at night? Think, basic, basic stuff. And, and do I have a power of a, a battery, a, a batteries? And, and um, do I, can I have a radio that can get the emergency stations and, do I have a crank on the radio so that I can generate electricity? So if, if the batteries go out, I can I can crank it and still get electricity and have my my radio going for the emergency channels. Try it for right. one night. Total education. By the way, Phoenix, I'm going to email you too the uh, the paper I told you about the research on survival. Okay. That would, and that you know would be what? Cool. That might be a heck of a meeting because who doesn't want to know about that? You know, that um, would be an uh, amazing thing to start because a lot of people in the community would go to that, and then you can then you can talk about the other the, the what you're going to do, which might be a little more adventurous in some ways, but you could once you get people there, everybody wants to know about survival, and there's a lot to know. And you know what? You have to know it. You have to be able that if it does happen, you can survive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, now, um, my, go ahead. You might, you might. The problem you might come up with was you don't have a big enough room. <laughs> so always make sure that they RSVP. There's a, a mechanism so that they need to tell you that they're coming, with their name, your phone number, and their email address. A mechanism. It could be on the internet <clears throat> that to come to that kind of meeting, they need to give you that information. And if they're going to bring a guest, they need to give you that the same information to get for the guest's name, uh, phone number, and email address. So you'll be building a list of people. Now, that's a way to build up a system. Definitely, definitely. Um, one one that one feature one feature that I'm really liking about uh, Facebook as a platform is. Uh, there is a complete, as far as RSVPs and event scheduling goes, and even ticketing, if needs be. I, I don't really ever see ticketing a CE5 event. That's, yeah, it's just not going to happen on my watch. But, no, okay, so, no, as far as, like, RSVPs and stuff, 
we should definitely look into not only setting these up for ourselves, but, um, you know, go, other groups, other, you know, as we reach out and find other groups, uh, which I did find one in Salt Lake, but um, it looks like their meetup has been inactive for some time. Now, but as we as we inevitably reach out and find other groups, here's you know here's what here's what we're doing for free. And there you go, there you, you go, yep. You know, and I mean it's all there, it's all there. I mean I, I've got it, I've got I've got the preceptor page literally open in one window, and then all of my tools that I pay nineteen dollars a month to Microsoft for, literally open in the other window. And I mean the Microsoft stuff is great. Don't get me wrong, but um, and definitely worth it. But at the same time, I mean, you know, just and just for like getting, you know, making making it like a constructing your own meetup dot com in the in the microcosm. I mean, what a better place than Facebook. There you go. That's a great idea, and you're you're very technically aware, and you you you're very good about that. So you you have an advantage because you're you're so well informed, and you have a great knowledge of building things like electronically like that and the internet. So so using that alone would, would be absolutely a great tool uh, to 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 get these meetings going. Now, one one thing, one uh, one I guess new happening uh, that was like literally from last night was um, I ran into a, an owner of a local computer shop. Um, I'm not sure what our policy, and since this is a recorded broadcast, I'm not sure what our policy on plugging individual businesses are. But uh, you know, if it's cool, you know, he he's he this guy it seems like a good guy. I, I, we talked for hours, like two hours, on how to se- how to set up these things, um, listening ports, mesh nets that you would um, that could capture. It. Okay, so a lot of uh, in the in the in the this in the I guess your your level, Nick, of the disclosure movement. I would imagine infrared imaging is very commonly used, and I mean it's we, a great avail. We use. We used infrared imaging when we were doing our investigations in uh, Pennsylvania. Like, for instance, we had uh, a call in uh, that, uh, um, you know, basically there was uh, like a demonic type of haunting. Wow. So uh, we, 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 you know, we took the information on the telephone, and we had a lot of different people representing a lot of different viewpoints. You know, we never... Yeah, you know, said that we had a particular viewpoint. It was like we'd, we'd use all the tools at our disposal. So we had psychics. We had uh, uh, people who liked the gadgets, you know, like the infrared lights and so forth. We had uh, electricians. We had mechanics. You, you name it. Whoever was interested in coming brought their area of expertise. So we had the, uh, um, you know, the infrared uh, light investigators also. That particular um, that particular um, exploration, it was a dud. Because what happened was uh, our engineer uh, found that the heating system, you know, where they were hearing the noises and so forth, um, right. it, it had to do with the, what the heating system was doing. So the heating system was making certain noises that they were interpreting as something uh, demonic or, or evil. And also the growling demons 
uh, which uh, we, we spent many hours there. Uh, it turned out to be the echo of somebody mowing their lawn two blocks, two blocks away. Oh, no, really? So oh, my that, God. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. you know, sometimes you found things that could only be explained uh, paranormally or cryptozoologically, and other times we found that, uh, um, yeah, and that's why we, we focus on the power of the stories that people are telling, because these people were, were being plagued. Uh, by a story, and it's a story they were telling about how they were perceiving different noises. So on one level, all the noises were explainable, um, and they were not uh, paranormal. But in their interpretation, they were interpreting them a certain way, and because they were interpreting them a certain way and feeding the the story, uh, it became a whole exorcist type of thing in that neck of the woods. So all right, that's so, an honest mistake, but at least it was investigated, and there there wasn't yeah. conclusions. That's terrific. You know, and that's you know, this is exactly the way investigations go. I mean, you know, like Sherlock Holmes, first you eliminate the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what I would have done with that if I was if if that happened to me. You know what I would do? I would either write it myself or get a writer from the group and write it up just like you said it just now and send it in. To magazines or local newspapers, they might print it. And that's yeah. what we're doing. I posted today on Facebook that uh, um, Olaf okay. Phillips, who is the editor of Paranoia Magazine and also Mysterious Magazine, um, yeah. he and I have been talking. We've, we, he's been on my show. I, I've submitted stuff to his uh, magazines that got published. So we're going to be working more closely together in 2019, and some of our investigations, old and new, are going to be going there and being published, you know, just to start things off. And also, I've been published in uh, seven anthologies, uh, you know, paranormal anthologies this past year, with two more coming out in the months ahead. Uh, One of our old cases is in a book about Jeff the Talking Mongoose. I don't know if you guys remember that, like, weird uh, uh, paranormal case. It was like a talking mongoose. Uh, no, really? Yeah, so they published, uh, they republished a book about Chapter Talking Mongoose, and they wanted modern uh, cases. So uh, we shared our investigation of the Squonk, which was uh, a logger's legend uh, in uh, uh, the Hemlock Forest of uh, northern Pennsylvania. So they accepted that, and they're printing it there. So when they interviewed me on their show, uh, they brought it up and we talked about it a little bit. So I, I, I said on uh, on Facebook that the book's coming out. Uh, you know, it was recently published, actually. So um, you know, the, our, one of our cases is there. So that's an excellent suggestion, Nick. And I also contacted our local newspaper a while back, and I sent them some of the old cases. Uh, and at the time, they said they'd be interested, but it didn't go anywhere. So I'm going to represent it to them. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, that, that is what we're intending on doing with the new Disclosure Network. We're intending on publishing uh, everything as it's happening, uh, whereas before we'd write, the, we'd write the, the stories and we'd put them on our website, um, but we didn't, like, make an effort to publish them in the newspapers or go on the radio. And now we have a podcast. So we could we could even deal with the things on the podcast. So um, that's one of my dreams for us. That uh, like we're right now we're talking about making things that's like a transparent uh, bird's eye view into our meetings. So we are transparent. We're not hiding what we're doing. Um, but eventually, for there to be like a a show where we can go over you know different cases and share information and investigate certain areas. And I certainly plan here in New Jersey because you're so close. Uh, to have at each of our meetings information about what you are doing in New York 
uh, and on the Internet and on YouTube so that people can access that as well and enrich their experience uh, here in New Jersey. And when you're up and running to Phoenix, uh, we'll, of course, do the same and just like, direct people to what uh, you're doing out there in Utah. I was going to say, there, there's a site in Fillmore, Utah, really quickly, there's a site out in Fillmore, Utah, that um, is rumored to be the uh, the entrance to Aztalan's gold, like where oh, Aztalan wow. is, where the Aztecs supposedly originated from, and also the and the, the, the Hopi. Mormon, right? uh, Aztecs? No, 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 no. No, no Aztalan was from the Book of Mormon, or no, no, no. Aztalan okay. was the original homeland of the homeland of the Aztecs before the. Uh, in their history, a great migration south to what is now Mexico City. Uh, supposedly, it's either that or when they were getting taken over, they sent a huge detachment north to to basically reset everything up. And um, yeah, they they made it. Suppose uh, the the legend is that they made it down to Fillmore, Utah. Now there is a. In, there's a there's a cave there. Um, supposedly, you you can these people have tried to get uh, open uh, like underwater ROVs, uh-huh. like uh, camera vehicles in there, uh, been unable to given to given to um, strange electrical interference. In some cases, other cases, a rock falls off of something and smashes the ROV. But yeah, I mean, it's so more Utah, um, or, or as Talon's gold. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, the, oh, what I, is the, uh, on. Okay, I see. A-Z-T-L-A-N. Okay, okay, gotcha. I think one of the uh, things that I'm thinking as you're, as you're speaking of Phoenix is that you're crossing some wonderful lines there as far as interest groups of people that are interested in the history of the region. That's a that's a whole different group, but it's not that far from people who have interests in in paranormal phenomena, uh, history, um, what has been seen in the sky that can't be explained. Uh, you might contact MUFON, and they have a good, very excellent track record of of regions and what's been seen and when and what it was. Tag your local MUFON and find out more about that and if there's anything they can do to promote your group or if they can list some speakers from MUFON that might be able to come and, and speak to your group. Uh, MUFON has been wonderful to us. We had um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, niece, the niece of Betty and Barney Hill, which is a very famous U.S. as you, you guys I'm sure you know, and yeah. she yeah. works for MUFON upstate New York. So we contacted her and asked her if she would speak, and she was incredible. We did this on a Skype hookup. Oh, I got to tell you one thing. Skype, you know, we've been using Skype occasionally, but Zoom is much better. Uh, um, Phoenix, you probably know this already, but Zoom, especially if you're going to do a, uh, a, a interview uh, on, you know, on camera both ways, Zoom turns out to be preferred. We're going to do an interview with someone in Europe, and they said, please use Zoom. Our experience shows us that the Zoom has been much technically superior to Skype. Have you found that to be but, true? But, 
Zoom, I, some of the things that I participate in are on Zoom, uh, and Zoom uh, is, is less uh, clunky, you know, less glitchy, but it gets glitchy on occasion, too. I've had two uh, interactions on uh, Zoom in the past few months where it was like tonight's show was in the beginning. You could hardly hear anything, and everything was pixelating. And, you know, so uh, the, the people that use the Zoom all the time, they said that, that you know, it's, just, it's unavoidable, unfortunately. Sometimes it just happens, and you got to deal with it. Um, but uh, it's less glitchy than Skype, in my experience. Well, that, that's what we, did. we were told, so we just got the account. And, by the way, cost-wise, Zoom is uh, – uh, the basic Zoom is free. So uh, on a one-to-one, on a a one-to-one, if you're going to do a group Zoom, of course, then you're going to pay more money on a monthly uh, schedule. But if you want a one-on-one, so you're interviewing with someone, and on your end, it could be you, but the whole room of people is able to listen and hear what's going on. So that's still considered a one-on-one. And that's free. Zoom is free for for that particular instance. Definitely look into that. Hmm. I, I will definitely look into it. Thank you. And uh, Phoenix, do you have any experience with these uh, things? Um, okay, so Skype, Skype, especially after they brought it in house, um, and uh, well, for a little while there, they tried to rebrand it as Link, but that didn't work. Uh, while they were in the process of making it from like a, um, like a. The the protocol that they used for file sharing, like LimeWire and stuff, uh, that's how Skype used to work. And then Microsoft, like I said, they brought it in-house, and now it runs the same way, but on their closed servers. So okay. it provides some... Okay, so, I mean, it, that's been a pretty secure program. Um, Google, uh, their video... Now, I'm not sure about for groups. But uh, for just one-on-one for video chat, Google has not let has yet to let me down. Um, however, Skype is usable. I mean, I can turn I can turn on Skype on an Xbox, and use the Xbox as a piece of broadcasting hardware. Um, so okay. I mean, uh, just for just for a utility type thing. Now that provides video. Um, my experience, most of my experience, would have to probably be would probably go with Google, or um, gosh, what is it? Hmm. It's not Yahoo Messenger. It's one of the programs that I used to. I'm trying to remember. It's been a few years since I used it. But there, there used to be a standalone program on the desktop that uh, you could instance like everybody's, like okay, so you you wanted to get into a Google video chat, cool, you got a Google video right. chat. You wanted to get into Zoom, cool, you got the Zoom attachment Is to this program. Is it possible to record these like? Like this was the problem that the, when I explored this last time is that some of the platforms and back then, uh, one of them was Facebook. You could not uh, trans. You couldn't like download the thing or play with it and edit it. There, there was like some uh, things preventing you from uh, broadcasting it on YouTube, for instance. Are those things still in place? No, no, not at all. Okay. But, not uh, at all. Um, that's what I. That's what. That's what we need to sit down like one of these days, and preferably the near future, and so I can demonstrate. 
Now, as far as getting it out there, and you know, especially it's like a, a three-person chat. Um, if one of us has Google Business, then cool. You know, the rest of us, the other two have Google accounts. You can pull that in for free. Now, as far as getting it broadcast, like onto Facebook, that is all or recorded. That is done with a program called Open Broadcast Software, and um, I mean, it, it, I, I invite both of you to download it, even if neither of you play with it for a while, and then also start watching uh, YouTube videos. I, that's how I taught myself how to so, set it up, and that program is wonderful. So how about we do this? Since so all three of us are focused on spreading the world, word and increasing uh, uh, the circle of communication, how about we arrange maybe like at least once a month or twice a month if we can uh, off the podcast and do like a group uh, call and we could be at our computers and then you can walk us through everything and we could ask questions and would you be willing to do that? Oh, definitely, definitely. Good idea, excellent idea. The answer is yes. Awesome. So we th- we will set that up next because my next uh, expansion here is one. I'm going to have my own station, and this way uh, I can increase the amount of uh, programming we have. Uh, but Blog Talk Radio, although you know, again, I'm very grateful for it, uh, and it has served me very well uh, since I started. There's like hundreds of uh, podcasts already. Um, but uh, it's very glitchy and it's very <laughs> temperamental. Like tonight, tonight it was being impossible, and none of the things that worked uh, that I've developed a whole repertoire of skills in dealing with things, nothing, absolutely nothing works. So now I've got to figure out something else uh, to do. And even inviting people in through the back end didn't work. So that usually solves a lot of the problems. So um, I, we were thinking of moving to a more visual uh, medium anyway, and we put a couple, we made like a, a channel on. Uh, um, YouTube, and uh, we recorded a few of the times I blessed uh, Tenafly. I blessed Tenafly, and I'm going to be doing it once a month soon. I'm going to Zodiac sign switch. So uh, we just tried that out, and next we're going to try shows. Uh, Jerry Hosek, who, Hocek, who's the publisher of uh, um, one of the health magazines uh, here in northern New Jersey, he offered to show me how to uh, do certain like things, and uh, one of the, the people on my grant writing team in the library uh, offered to show me how to do like simple audiovisual editing. So I, w- I would say within like at least by the, uh, the second quarter of the year, we'll have that up, even if it's like once a month to start. But it'll be there and it'll be running. So uh, of course both of you are be on. So yeah. if we can have these conversations, we can all spread. Uh, uh, our messages and link them better together, and, and uh, I think it would be great. Oh, my God, that's incredible news, and uh, that's a big, big, big step there, Hercules. Amazing. Try, what do you call it? You're, you're inspiring me because you, you're so creative and you do so many different uh, things, and uh, you know, every time I turn around, there's something new happening with Disclosion that will continue you So it's amazing and it's inspiring. Uh, one thing we're going to do just to mention is that uh, there's, uh, there's a, a building complex in, in, in the West Village of, of Manhattan. It is called mm-hmm. West Beth. Now, West Beth uh-huh. right now has been for a while a place where artists uh, could, could live, and their rent was fairly reasonable. Uh, it's yes. a huge group of buildings. But one of our top researchers, uh, Lorraine, said some
something is up with that area and with that building complex, and why does the uh, we call it highlight? It was an elevated a railroad track that went uh-huh. right right through that building and stopped. And we thought, and she thought rather, why? What what was going on in that building? Now it's for artists, but what was it originally? Well, when she started digging deeper, it became amazingly complex and uh, deep. And what she found out absolutely stirred the entire room when she said what her research was finding. And she said wow. it, she never in her wildest dreams would have, would have come up with this information. It was, it was a, an amazing facility, a research facility, and a lot of secret projects were done there. Top scientists were housed there. And amazing inventions were created there. And then the question wow. is, why why isn't there plaques? And certainly there Remember are other. And this was a huge, but it was all covered up. It was all made totally secret. It was it was done secretly. It was when it when the facility was turned into a place for housing of artists. Uh, very little was known about what it was originally. And so my point of telling you that is when we get better weather in probably May, she's going to do a walking tour uh, for anybody who would like to join Disclosure Network New York members of that facility. Wow, that is awesome. uh, And I hope, certainly uh, Hercules, I hope that you can do that. Phoenix, I wish you were closer because I think that you would be very impressed with her research. And it's just staggering what has been covered up and successfully covered up, too. Of course. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to starting investigations here, too, because we're going to be filming our investigations. And then, again, once we... Once I have a crew together like I did when I had my television show, or once I, I know how to do this and I can do it on my own, um, we're going to be, like, putting together, like, uh, mini episodes for all the investigations that we do locally in the area. And uh, our, local historian, our, our local historian has given me uh, the local X-Files, and I'm the unofficial uh, uh, historian of the paranormal now here. So I have all these files of all the weird things that have happened, uh, plus my own investigations from years ago. So uh, I'm checking these things out uh, again slowly. And uh, um, I I see for all of us uh, a wonderful uh, future doing this, you know, and and sharing it with others. And uh, uh, I'm I'm really, really happy with how things are going. I think it's important to get the word out of what we're discovering, what the research is showing, and getting it out to the general public. The general public knows so, unfortunately, knows so little of what's really going on. And there's reasons for that. Uh, the, the people that uh, should be sharing this information won't, can't, and are mandated not to. And we found out this many, many times. I, I did two interviews with two separate uh, reporters, two separate reporters from major uh, newspapers about Disclosure Network. And believe it or not, uh, in one case, I did an hour interview. Uh, I did another hour with another reporter. And in one case, they called me back so I could go into the studio and do an hour video. 
And uh-huh. she was very excited about all this, and so was the other reporter. And then all of a sudden, nothing happened. And when I, when I finally I thought, I need to find out more what's going on, I found out they were both fired. Ooh. They both their jobs. And, be, and they were submitting about Disclosure Network and the things we were uncovering, and they both were silenced. And I got to add that I, I thought that they both were wonderful, thorough, professional reporters. They did an amazingly thorough job. And when I heard this, I was shocked and couldn't. And then I thought, you know what? I can believe it did happen. That's unfortunate, but the, the editors were either told or the, made the decision, not only do we not want the story, but we want to get the reporter out of here. Think of that. Wow. Yeah, that is pretty wow. frightening. Yeah, it is. Also, a group from London came and asked me to do an interview very near the U.N. I did an hour interview uh, outside with them, with a camera crew, a sound crew, a very good reporter, and they promised me that they would uh, give me a copy when they finally put it all edited and put it all together. Never heard from them. Never heard from them back. Hmm. Not once. It's curious. And you know what? That's interesting. One of the questions was, you and your group are doing, uncovering some pretty amazing facts. Uh, Are you ever threatened or do you ever feel pressure not to report it? That was one of the questions. And I said, you know what? We, we thought about this and we decided that we want to live our lives fully and we're not going to let anything stop us from finding the truth, period. And we all agreed right. to that. And that was the answer I gave them. And it was a true answer, too. But, I mean, th- these things are out there. And, you know, you don't think that they exist, but they do. Yeah. Right. I'm not trying to be a fear monger at all. Believe me, I'm not. But oh, no, my point is... You... You've got to look at gotta, it and not have fear. We we got to stick together. We got to share information and we got to get it out there because there's things going on right now that can hurt that are hurting the general public. Uh, chemtrails. Yes. That's not a fantasy. That's that's yes. horrible uh, chemical warfare on just about everybody in the world, especially all the major cities like New York City. And uh, I was on a train coming from from Connecticut, and I look up. Not only did I see chemtrails, but they were in crisscross patterns, almost like a checkerboard. I, I was like, you've got to, it was like a sci-fi movie, like a horror show, crisscrossing the whole sky. Planes yeah, don't do that. Scary. Yeah. Planes don't, don't go into the path of other planes at a 45 or 90 degree angle. Planes don't do that. But that's what was in the sky. I've, I've seen yeah. crisscrosses here as well. Yep, of course, and that's sad but true. And so even if you're in a suburb, that doesn't mean you're not getting, and your children are not getting this nanoparticles, and some of them are made up of aluminum and other hideous, hideous chemical products. And what will that do? It, it rains down. It rains down on our water, our, our crops, our food, our animals, the, the wildlife. Well, mm-hmm. the starters... Who's financing it? 
because this is trillions of dollars. This is not even millions. This is trillions of dollars to pay the pilots to, to stock the planes with these horrible chemical weaponry. And who is, why are they not being stopped in the skies of our, of our country and our cities? Why are they not being right. stopped? I've called City Hall. I called the mayor's office. And I called the health department of New York City saying, this is a health problem. What is being done? Do you think I got a call back? No. No. Nothing. No? Nothing. Not one call back. Not anything. This is a health problem. They won't go near it. I talked to one person from the city council, and I will not mention her name, but when I told her about this, she looked at me with this very blank look. So, so either she really didn't know what I was talking about, or she couldn't say a word, because... And she's a very smart woman, so I can't believe she doesn't know it. But she wasn't. She just said that she knew nothing about it with this kind of blank stare, and that was actually mm-hmm. a little bit frustrating because was she just seeing that, or was she covering up something that she couldn't begin to explain or to do something about? So I mean, these are. Or real she been told not to? Right now, and and I'm sure Phoenix and where you are, have you ever seen chemtrails overhead? Oh yeah, the the great checkerboard of the sky. Yes, um, yes, uh, and some you know. I guess sometimes sometimes it's not on forty five. Some, but at the same time, water condensation from jet exhaust it only hang, hangs around for so long. You can tell, oh, and around here. Around here, uh, we have the perfect area for dispersion because we have these mountains right back. And, you know, there's nobody, there's small towns who really don't know anything about any of this anyways out there. And they, they're not going to, like, they're not going to have the degree of action that we're taking because, I mean, you know, there is, they don't know any better. You it's know, the the, what you're saying the is true, Phoenix, and you know, the general public can't be blamed in a sense because they trust, they put their trust in their elected government officials to protect them. They, they trust their, their uh, medical to protect them, the doctors to protect them, the health agencies to protect them. You mean to tell me that nobody is questioning what's up in the sky? You know? Something is very, very wrong. That's just one of the big questions that are going on that we're trying to investigate even more. But so far, there was one reporter who questioned someone who came forth who said that he was a pilot at one of the planes and that he was threatened with his life if he said anything at all about this job. And his job was to pilot the planes and an assistant would pull the levers that would disperse these chemical weapons, this spraying down onto the onto the uh, the people, and he said he he finally he was in hiding. He said, but I I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't. And he was in hiding, and he protected his name and where he was. Of course, he did that. So yeah. this is very real. Uh, another one too. I got to mention one thing that that's really one of my issues is what really okay. happened in California with the fires, the fires that went out and destroyed so many homes, so many uh, commercial properties, 
and burnt such a huge area of California. And there are photographs, and you can look up on the Internet, where people saw this blue light coming from the sky, and it shone on areas that, that then became bursting in flames. And there's blue, the blue lights that, that were doing that. And the weather, weather pattern somehow changed, so the wind only made it worse. And there's one photograph. Listen to this, guys. You've got to hear this. It's, it's sure. a field, like a, a, a big field, like where you play baseball, like a community would have their baseball. And it was green grass, a very big square of green grass. This is the photograph. Half of the square has green grass, and then beyond that are the homes with gardens and beautiful, beautiful homes. On the other half of the green grass, it's the, the, the grass is all burned to a cinder, and on that side, all the homes have been totally totaled, totally destroyed, only cinders. And the cars, metal cars, melted, melted. And the gardens, uh, so the gardens are gone, the houses are gone, the, the metal, including cars and trucks, are melted. How mm-hmm. and, and, and in the middle of the field, half of it's green and half of it's cinders, and it's a straight line. That can't possibly be, be the way that nature would work. Fires don't happen no. like that. Uh, another no. photograph, and then I'll go on. But one other thing is there were photographs of trees that have been ignited from the inside out. Wow. How in the world does a tree burn from the inside out? And there were photographs to prove it. And the firemen and the, and the other people said, we can't understand. We've never seen this. We can't understand how this could happen. This is not part of nature in any shape or form, way or form. This couldn't, but it, there it is. There's a photograph to prove it. So something is up here, and there is a woman who's got a website, and I would love you to take a look at this. It's called Stop the Crime. Take a look Stop at that website. Stop the Crime? Stop the Crime. Don't put any spaces between those three words. StopTheCrime.net. Okay. N-E-T, stopthecrime.net. To me, she's a hero because she has identified what's going on in California. As a year before the fire, she warned that there was a plan to do this. She warned people about it. And there's a video showing her talking to a community group. And unfortunately, she nailed it because a year later, that's exactly what happened. And she's a tremendous uh, – I, mean, I, I tried to get an interview with her, but I just got a word from her that said she's not doing interviews right this second. But she'd make one heck of an interview because she knows what's going yeah, on. And so. She's got the guts to go out there and say, wake up, people, because this, this was planned. And it's, 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 a, it's, what, it's a huge story because think of it. If this really was planned – What's next? Yeah, that's the something well worth I mean, think of that beautiful area, the, the, the paradise area, and all the rest of those, those communities that are totaled now, totaled. And the people have no homes. They have no savings. They're, they're living. They're trying to survive is what they're trying to do. Um, 
my heart goes out to every family there, and, and they're oh, just course. trying to struggle with, with this horrible. Yeah, and it's it's a horror show there, and there's reason to believe it was a planned, planned episode. And why? What? What? Why there? And what? And so huge. What? What happened? And why is it going on? And and she's trying to address those questions. So whatever you do, don't miss. StopTheCrime.net. Go to that website. I, I will definitely kids. visit it after we get off tonight. She, she, yeah, I, man, I no. want, another thing I want to do, guys, before we go, and this is something I'm going to talk to the group about this coming Sunday. We have a, we have a meeting this coming Sunday with Kat McGuire. Kat McGuire, who's an amazing, amazing woman, a deep researcher. And uh, what, I, what I'm going to propose is for people like like the one I told you about, the woman who's talking about the fires and what really caused them, and other deep investigative reporters. I want to do a Disclosure Network New York Awards every year for the heroes that are trying to discover and disseminate the truth. That's awesome. Wouldn't that be something to have an, a, an award? An award, I don't know how many there would be. We, we would have to create an award, which, which I've designed awards before, so that's not a big problem. We could do that. Something that we could either hand them or ship them if they live somewhere far away or in a different countries. It's not even confined to America. People that are really doing their, their best to inform and the, the people and tell them what's really going on. So that, that's mm-hmm. a, an idea that I'm going to present to the group this coming Sunday, an award. An award system. That is awesome. That yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. That's say, the infrastructure. Too, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, really quickly, the infrastructure for what I'm doing, um, we would have to find a way to make this work, but you know, make sure the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But I was thinking of doing something similar for like local inventors. Maybe we could put the two together somehow. Interesting. Interesting. We should talk about that. That that is something you I want to talk about as well. So why don't we make that the subject of our next uh, uh, meeting together? Uh, Hercules, may, I, may I just say a word about the meeting this coming Sunday? Yes, of sure. course. Okay, it's going to be this coming Sunday at two o'clock. Uh, the website to find out the details of the meeting and how to uh, make a reservation, which you need to do, is www. d n n y Dot info, so that's d n n y dot info. That will give you details of the meeting and how to make a, an RSVP. And follow those four steps very carefully, and you will get a confirmation email back. Uh, the Cat uh, McGuire is an amazing woman, and I, I'm very excited to have her uh, speak for the very first time to her group. And the title of her talk is going to be "Quote Conspiracy Theory." The Art World, Left Gatekeepers, and the Dangers of Identity Politics. Wow. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can't wait. I've heard amazing things about her. And how I found her, how I happened to find her, which was uh, a wonderful woman, uh, uh, Marcy, from our group who personally knows her as a friend and said, Nick, you've got to find out more about Kat McGuire. And we went to an art show, a major, major art show at, uh, from the Museum 
the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh, they have a uh, extended facility on Madison Avenue and 75th Street, which was the old uh, Whitney uh, Art Art Building. It's now turned into a, a facility for the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and they did a whole uh, exhibit about the conspiracy theory. So we were very excited that they would do something like that. So we went to this. I've been to it three times because I, I and I, I talked to the curator too, the two curators, uh, twice. No, three times I talked to them. And the thing that was weird was when it comes to certain subjects like UFOs, they minimized that issue to a, a tiny little part of the exhibit. You might even brush past it or not even know it is there. Now, the UFO issue is one of the biggest secrets of the world, of the governments, and yet they minimize that so much. And when I asked the curators uh, if they would talk to me and possibly talk to my group, they shied away from me like they wanted to get away from me as quickly as possible. They didn't want to discuss it at all. And I thought, that's really wow, that's interesting. Because I didn't expect that reaction. I mean, if I worked on something for two years, which they said they did, and, and a group said we would be very interested in speaking to you, I, I certainly would nurture that connection and say yes. But they couldn't get out of, of, out of my path quick enough, quick enough. So something was up with them. Well, she went to see it independently, Kat McGuire, and she came back with the exact same Impression, she said, this is a very strange uh, 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 exhibit because what they were picking to display doesn't make sense, considering the big questions like chemtrails, uh, like like uh, 9/11, like the JFK assassination. How could you not do that an exhibit, certainly featuring those huge issues that need to be addressed? And they were doing right. other things that. It just didn't make sense to us. And the third time I saw the curators, I again asked them, and they they almost ran from me, ran. Like, what, why was I? Why was they were they so afraid to to talk about any issues or talk to the group? Something is right. That, that's, so that's so she did a she, she published a review saying the exact same thing that I was experiencing too. So then I thought, we got to get her. So she's going to speak this coming Sunday, and I can't wait to uh, interview her. So anyhow, thank you for that, that time. That is awesome. Give you that. Isn't it? Uh, Kat McGuire. Yeah, that is awesome. And we're um, going to record and, and that. Feel, so, feel free to weeks. share that on my timeline, too. Feel free to remind people. I already put uh, a connection to your Facebook page and also to your um, uh, DNNY page. And then I put uh, uh, Phoenix, I put to your um, to your uh, Facebook and also to your uh, Facebook group, the Project Preceptor. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for that. That really does help. Is there any place I should like to your link or? Um, the, I was going to say this looks like a pretty at least. Uh, yeah, I would say the preceptor page is probably going to cover most of the communication needs right now. Um, as uh, you know, as as you know, as as it gets bigger, 
then yeah, I'll probably be putting, you know, making like a whole broadcasting web page for it, but that's a year or two down the road. So just in general, Facebook.com forward. Yes, it is. In general, that's uh, Facebook.com forward slash ROR Preceptor Project for our listeners. But yeah, um, and well, okay. So now, as far as, as the the what you were just discussing, Nick, um, the fact that they shied away from that so much is kind of disconcerting. I mean, that's like the that's like the meat and gravy of the whole thing. I mean, you know, first we get over the fact we're not alone. And second off, uh, the fact that we know it means somebody must have solved the physics problem. Which somebody means it's doable with a on that area. Somebody, somebody who controlled things said, we're, you can do the, this exhibit, but we're going to minimize. And they happen to minimize the most important subjects they could possibly have. And Kat yeah. was really upset about it also separately. Uh, I didn't know her when I was saying this, and then I read her review, and I went, this woman nailed it, absolutely nailed it. And so we contacted her to speak, and she'll be speaking to us on Sunday. And we're going to audio, audio, audio record that, so you'll be able to hear what she's saying. To hear it, on yeah, our website. that is awesome. You can hear it, and it, that should be up in about a week after after this coming Sunday. So don't miss it. Definitely. That is awesome. I, I, like I said, I wanted to get the authority on uh, StopTheCrime.net. Uh, that woman, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't think of her name. I think it's Deborah, but I, I'm sorry, I can't. But I wanted to get her to, to talk about the fires in California and, and what the research is saying. And are there any groups out there that are organizing some of the people who lost their homes and happened to photograph those horrible blue lights that seem to be, uh, I don't know, uh, focused on trees and, 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 and shooting weaponry, their homes. Uh, so, so, and she, right now, I'm sure she's crazy busy right now. I, I God bless her. But she said at, the, at this moment, she can't do an interview, but uh, I'll, in a few months, I'm going to contact her again because I really want to talk to her. She, the, the website is not operational right now. Stop the crime.net. Uh, they're designing a new website, and uh, um, they they just have the, like uh, the, the old website here. Uh, um, yeah, I guess for chronicling reasons. Yeah, they have right. what the website was, but there's announcements that they're making a new website, and they're going to have a new YouTube uh, uh, soon. Right, the, the new website is up though. I mean, I've seen it, so maybe they're maybe they're doing something currently on their website, but. Uh, tomorrow, take another look because it, it is uh, okay. I will I will check it uh, again tomorrow. And I'll explore the uh, the site um, and uh, just by looking at their old site here, there's a lot of interesting uh, things uh, to uh, explore. And one of the things I want to touch on, we have uh, maybe like uh, another eight minutes or so, is what do you think the reason because. Uh, for all of these uh, efforts uh, that seem to want to constrain or enslave or control uh, humanity, what do you think the motivation 
uh, could be. Um, because it's control, it's control and greed. That's what it is. It's, con- it's total control yeah. that they want. Total control and and, and total greed. Uh, that, that's got to be in a nutshell what it's about, for sure. And these people who are trillionaires with all the all the power and the money in the world think that they have the right to decide who lives and who dies, whose right. water will be pure clean and whose water will be so polluted that the people will die Uh, whose crops are going to be pure and whose crops are going to be so polluted that to eat what's being grown will cause you to be sick and die and they have made the decision that they have the right to do that and they have not made a secret of that either I mean there are many things you can read uh, about even monuments they've made major monuments made out of granite that stand 20 feet hall, tall, talking about their plans. In your, your face. Yes. In your face. Uh, the, I'm sorry? I didn't hear that. That's and in Georgia, Georgia the standing stones. stones, right? Absolutely. I, I couldn't, when I saw that, I honestly couldn't believe my eyes that it, that exists in your face telling us we're going to take most of the population out because we have the right to do that. And they are doing that. And they're doing it with vaccinations, with, with water used as weapons. Water will be, is one of the new weapons that they're, be, that they're using right now, because if you can control the water, then you can control the population. Because everybody needs right. water every single day of their lives, or they'll die. The water, yeah, the is, water becoming, is becoming more and more privatized. Yeah, the water supply. Exactly. So you, you used to have a fountain in, in movie theaters and everywhere you'd go in Yankee Stadium that it would be water for free. Now you're paying 2 3 and $4 for a bottle of water? Is anybody yeah, looking? <laughs> I saw in a theater what? that I go to, a bottle of water was over $3. $3. Yes. And they took the, the drinking fountains. Think of that. If you had a family of four kids, and they were thirsty. Twelve, think of this. Twelve bucks, yeah. And th- yeah. yeah, and that doesn't include the price of admission to the movie. So think of that. I a know it's scary. Family, a working family has been totally screwed, and individuals also, because if you pay if you pay fifteen dollars or more for a movie, and then you want a bottle of water that's going to cost at least three dollars. Uh, hello, and you're bringing a date. Think of this. <laughs> and uh-huh. they're getting away with it because they know that they can now sell water and make a lot of money. It's not free anymore. I'm surprised they haven't got some kind of meter on the air we breathe. How are they going to meter it, though? Uh, it makes you angry. Yeah. It really makes you angry. Yeah, when the air becomes unbreathable, then there, w- then, uh, there will be meters on the air we breathe. There will be yeah, well, there's already, already purifiers. Um, I asked a doctor, a doctor, uh, I was talking about this very subject, and he was very knowledgeable. I was, I was happily surprised. And he said, well, if you're the elite, the evil elite, you have, you have all kinds of air filters in your home, water filters in your home. And you have probably have a, a private garden and gardener, so you're not you're not uh, inhaling or eating or drinking any of the things that the general population is doing. 
And you know what? It was surprising because he made a good point there. So we have our work cut out for us, uh, gentlemen. We do. We do. It's it's, it's a serious time. It's a very serious time. Really quickly, uh, really quickly, it is, yes. Really quickly before uh, before we break, or you know, because it sounds like that's that's coming right up on us. Is um, first off, now clean water though is not going to be a problem. Um, I'm not at liberty to say much beyond what I've already told everybody, and it's not really even the same people. But uh, clean water or processed heat is not going to be a problem at all. Um, so distillation is definitely an option. Um, it's time we start. It's time we start growing the plants to clean the air, though. Otherwise, we're going to be choked up very, very soon. Well, I'm uh, I am uh, getting involved in local water things uh, in the days ahead. So uh, I've made several inquiries and uh, I'm pursuing them so I can take a more active role in doing that um, in the here and now. Uh, so next show, because we are approaching the end of today's show, why don't you explain those enigmatic uh, statements, Phoenix, so that uh, I can determine what I can do from here <laughs> and try to make a difference. Making a difference um, is very, very important. And we can do it. We can all do it. We can all do it. Everybody listening to this program can do it. We can all work together to make a difference, and we've got to. And in the last closing minutes of the show, uh, Nick, can you please repeat how people can get in contact with you tap into the DNNY? Absolutely. Disclosure Network New York, you can easily get on our website and find out about our program and past programs you can listen to. The website address is www. D-N-N-Y dot info. That will get you right to the site. And also, if you want to talk to me personally about something, my email address, and I encourage you to do that, is N-I-C-K-N-Y-N-Y, the number one, in other words, the figure one, at gmail.com. Nick, N-Y-N-Y-1 at gmail.com. Thanks, Hercules. Very awesome. Thank you, Nick. Uh, as as always, you're awesome. And uh, uh, Phoenix, how can people get in contact with you? We have 60 seconds. I would say I would say the Facebook page, which is again that's facebook.com forward slash r o r preceptor project. Thank you so very much, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to our next meeting of minds and. Um, Have a wonderful evening. And to those listening at home, I apologize for the uh, technical glitches that have plagued us tonight, but we had an awesome show uh, nonetheless. So until next time, this is uh, all of us wishing you well and uh, looking forward to your joining us again. Love to all. Love to all. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Mm -hmm.